0: been putting in work for so long putting a lot of work what's going on guys welcome back to putting in work episode 155 of 8-bits interview podcast we have a special episode here with a panel that was recorded for pax online in october that's where it originally was broadcast bringing together some indie developers from around the world to talk all about what it's like to work remotely to adjust to development during the pandemic, how they can still continue to make their games with these large teams that are all based in different areas and still having to collaborate on many, many facets of these different creative projects. Some of these developers have already been working remotely. Some of them had to flex in response to the pandemic. So it was very interesting to get their insights about how they manage that, how they uh, work within their teams to maintain everyone's mental health, and stay connected as a cohesive unit. Speaking of development and innovation, there's a new app called Wisdom, which I would encourage you to download. You can get on there and jump into these live conversations that take place on the app. They're calling it like a mentorship marketplace, a mix between Clubhouse and those courses like they would offer through Masterclass. So you can get on there and talk with people about a conversation, a topic that you're interested in. You can interact. You can go back and forth. And I'm going to be hosting one of these on Friday evening, Melbourne time. That'll be 8 o'clock, Australian Eastern Daylight Saving. I'll post a link on Twitter, but you can also find me on the app by searching Jono himself. And I think that will be a cool opportunity to chat with anyone who's interested about the topic that's been covered on this panel, but also anything else that you might be interested in, whether it's interviewing, whether it's you know writing my contributions to game development myself as someone that has worked as a writer and sound designer on Trigger Witch and obviously doing that remotely because the studio is based in new zealand so if you want to hear about that hear my thoughts about it or even just respond to what was discussed in this panel jump into that chat and we'll take it from there without further ado here is the pax panel enjoy the show what's going on guys welcome to pax online 2021 this international panel is titled working from home as an indie dev without losing your mind i'm your host John O'Peck. i'll be moderating the discussion today I'm the host of 8 Bits Putting In Work Interview Podcast as well as Comedy Rewind. I've also worked in games as a writer and sound designer, but joining me today with far more experience and expertise in the games industry, we have Paulina Sammy uh, from Dragon Bear Claw Studios, creative director in Melbourne. How you Sorry, doing, Dragon Paulina?
1: Bear Studios.
0: Sorry, what did I say?
1: Dragon Bear Claw Studios. Although I think a claw would Where be did a politician. <laughs>
0: Dragon Bear Claw, I don't know where that came from, but it made its way into my Google Doc somehow. Uh, I'll try and get this one right. Jared Trail Rainbite. Is that how you pronounce it, Jared? I feel like you should know this one by now, Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Jared is the lead programmer there, also uh, experienced programmer with Pickpock over in Wellington. Jessica Moore also joining us from Amsterdam in the Netherlands, uh, Drop Bear Bites producer. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. very good Uh, so with the introductions done we'll go maybe a bit deeper into explaining each person's role within your team a little bit about how the studios are set up you know the staff numbers and the way that you're currently working because we are talking about what it's like to work remotely but I think the context of if that's always the way it's been done or if you've had to adjust recently with everything going on in the world I think that's some good information for people to have so we might start with you Paulina in Melbourne
1: um, so, yeah, I'm the Managing and Creative Director at Mare Studios, and we're making Enchanted, um, which is like a cooperative game uh, on PC and consoles. And so we've been in production for almost four years now, I guess. And we actually just moved into our office, uh, like a fancy new office at the start of 2020. And as you can imagine, that didn't last very long. Um, so it has been, uh, yeah, a period of adjustment and flexibility i guess
0: (laughs) and you've got people set across like different locations as well like all over the world
1: um at this point we just have people based in australia um half the team's in victoria the other half's in brisbane yeah um or at least it seems like it so all the same time zone but i Mm -hmm. guess different temperatures different restrictions different lockdowns
0: sure i thought you mentioned france before the the panel started Uh but that must be something else
1: Oh, our publisher, Asmodee, sure. in France. Okay. So we have a lot of meetings. Um, yeah. In the evening to chat with them. Yeah.
0: Cool. And Jess, you've got people. You have got people all over the world, right?
2: Yeah, I'm sort of in the opposite situation. I'm here in Amsterdam, but most of the studios down in Australia, um, with also some people in South Africa and um, North America, and our publishers in the UK. So. Many early mornings for me in particular.
0: <laughs> and Jared, how about yourself? Yeah,
3: I mean, for Rainbite stuff, we were all in New Zealand, which is, you know, easy enough for a time zone, but then I'm um, publisher in Hong Kong, which is, um, it's not too bad. It's just kind of like later in the day is when you end up having contact. Um, hmm. But yeah, in terms of being global or anything like that, but in terms of working at home, it was everyone working at their own individual homes, um, which this is you know how it is we never really had we've never had an office and we never
0: will essentially <laughs> yeah. and you had a period of time where um one of your one of the three of you was in japan right and i guess that is that's been part of your experience
3: yeah yeah so daniel was in japan for a year but he um he would essentially just wake up early to be in our time zone because japan right. is <laughs> only like three hours different or something so he would just get up earlier which was easy for us you know that's yeah. fine
1: that's really dedicated yeah to like someone to change their whole lifestyle like to join the team
3: he gets to finish work early i guess essentially you know you <laughs> especially like three or something or two yeah it's a day
2: walker i guess yeah
0: you haven't considered doing that just uh, adjusting to australia time
2: <laughs> you know uh i live with partner who's also a game developer and um he's in this time zone here in europe so we have to sort of like coordinate um, I'm sure lots of other people have to do that too, so that uh, we're not keeping each other up late or waking each other up too early.
0: Sure, Yeah. all right. So we'll, we'll start with maybe a positive about working remotely. We had a, a question on Twitter from at Nico says things. who says, how much of your game was made by someone not wearing pants? And I don't need to know about your specific pants routines or situations, but maybe we could just talk about the benefits of working from home compared to you know a formal professional office setting i'm guessing that there's a bit more of a, a lifestyle aspect to it that does have some positives uh jared i know you've recently like started working in the office with with pickpock so that's a bit of a contrast you mm-hmm. to compare to
3: yeah I, I mean i definitely uh wore onesies or you know my my cool. uniform was uh sweatpants you know it's pretty pretty classic just like uh I, I didn't wear real pants for weeks at, at a time you know which is it's always good um
1: sorry what are real pants
3: yeah exactly exactly yeah. <laughs> who needs them they don't exist
0: um, in in uh, melbourne anymore you can't <laughs> find
3: them.
1: we don't have them anymore Yeah.
3: <laughs> but uh yeah it's a, uh, it's 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 very different i guess in terms of like being around people i guess like you're obviously very relaxed at home you can kind of I would take naps at lunch. I would just like sleep on the couch or on my bed or whatever if I need to. But um mm. can't do that when you're at work, you know. a Bit more professional there.
0: Sure. You you won't get away with it at work. Uh, Not how, office though. Yeah. <laughs> how about you Paulina, like you've had I guess a, a small time where you did have an office, right? And you've had a taste of that, but is is was was there anything about going back to working from home that you were happy about?
1: Um <laughs> uh (laughs) I would say that the one thing is I guess because I have late meetings I would probably get home at seven like I'd be Mm -hmm. finished at seven opposed to like getting home at eight so because I guess less commute (laughs) is the only thing I can really think of I guess also like going for a walk in the park Mm -hmm. at lunch
0: yeah I mean for me like working from home it's like I can cook my own dinner instead of you know, eating leftovers every day or going and buying something. So, you know, it's, it's the little things you have to hold on to. That's sometimes. a good point. Like, yeah. like
1: the, your diet must be much, much better, right? Than mm. eating city food.
0: That's it. What about you, Jess?
2: Yeah, I love being able to like slowly chip away at a meal throughout the day. Just like get <laughs> up and put something on the stove, take five minutes, like poke at it. Um, I really enjoy being home in general. Uh, Mm -hmm. Again, for like the walks in the park, cuddles with kitty, uh, naps. Like I think naps should be involved in every professional environment. I really hope we can bring that uh, from lockdown into our lives because, you know, there are so many problems that a 15 minute lie down can fix, right? (laughs) Especially like in the mid afternoon when you still have like work to do, but you're trying to get through this log. It's a bit of a break.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, just unpack all the problems of the world. I don't know. I wake I wake up from a nap and feel more tired somehow, but maybe Sometimes. that's just me. Yeah.
3: I actually really.
1: Oh, sorry. Go on.
0: I was gonna say another benefit of being
3: at home in terms of like getting on top of chores. I feel like you can do a bit more, like put washing on or whatever, yeah. when you're at home. That's like another benefit. Um, because yeah, you definitely miss that when it all stacks up to the weekend, and then <laughs> that's what all has to be like now for me.
0: What were you gonna say, Paulina?
1: I was just gonna say that I support jess's thoughts about naps like our studio is really
0: like, come on yeah. board
1: with nap culture like just from a, like a mental health perspective too like if you're tired why why would you be working it would just be a really ineffective use of your time you might as well just go have a nap and you'll feel better
0: <laughs> yeah I, I i think it was like da vinci or one of those crazy inventors that napped like eight times a day or maybe i just learned that from a seinfeld episode i, I can't <laughs> claim to, to know for a fact yeah <laughs> Um, but I mean, for people who have come from offices originally and then adjusted to remote working, what was that experience like for you? Um, what what did you find most challenging about that kind of transition? Does that apply to anyone? I'm not me. <laughs> yeah, you you've always been there. I mean, Paulina.
1: Um so actually I did both. The start of our development was all remote and then mm-hmm. we got an office and now we're remote again, obviously. Yeah. Um, so actually what we really, we really loved having an office. We had our offices are like, um, you know, in the city al- al- along a lake in the river in Melbourne and like not a lake, um, but we got to see each other and we got to have lunch together and we got to play the game together. And that was really sure. like socially, like really fun. We, you know like there was just you know we'd have bean bags and there's a library there's just like so many like i, I guess quality of life things Um, oh, obviously the coffee machine at work is free and unlimited so Good
0: vibes <laughs> yeah uh, I, I hadn't thought about like yeah testing a multiplayer game when you're remote would be tricky if, if it's a local uh multiplayer
1: F- particularly it's like we're a part of like acmex so we we have all these like social events where we'd get to hang out with the other creatives in Melbourne and stuff like that all mm-hmm. the time. And now it's just like, nope.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think like Wellington sounds similar for you, Jared. Like there's a real dev community there and stuff that you're probably missing out on at least like in lockdown, not just the, yeah. re- the remote side of things. Yeah, I mean,
3: uh, I, being working at home, that was one of the things in terms of wanting to make sure I did something social As I would go to the, um, the meetups every month so i had like people to talk to and interact with so it wasn't just just my small team and yeah. sitting by myself most of the time but yeah i mean being in an office that is, you definitely have way more collaboration and like that and that kind of community and, and mm-hmm. it's in a place it's it's very different for me <laughs> at least going into that now yeah
0: and like what about testing the co-op for trigger which was that something where you had to like pull in your fiance or something like that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she,
3: she didn't really want to play much. It was mostly I would get Butler to come around because um, right. even though we're working remotely, most of the time we weren't like locked down. So he would come and we would, um, we would just be doing that if we had to. But yeah, it definitely makes it hard if you don't have people just around.
0: Sure. So we had a question on Twitter from at MDump. He said, how highly do you recommend investing in your at-home workspace? And if you've done that, like how much difference did it make to your pro- productivity and your well being?"
1: Highly. Super highly. (laughs) I I moved house. That's how much I invested. I I got a bigger house that has a third room so that we could achieve life, work-life balance. And so there's an office now and it has like my sit stand desk, my electronic standing Mm -hmm. desk with my dual monitors and like my, my, you know, high-tech rig and everything. And it's just like, it's really important to optimize those technology things because you're already personally having it hard, if you know what I mean
0: yeah what about you Jess like you've got a lot of experience working from home so you must be like the pro as far as the ergonomics and the dual monitors and all that kind of thing
2: yeah one of the wonderful things about Ikea is that no matter where in the world you live you know what you're getting right so I have like my Ikea desk that I've had in like three different locations three different (laughs) cities that I've lived in um I know exactly how to set it up and how to raise my monitor uh I guess um for me, I got really into plants. I know a lot of people had like pandemic hobbies, um, but because we're in the Netherlands, you know, we're like the epicenter of the plant trade here, and so there's you can get lots of different kinds of plants for super really distressingly cheap prices. Um, So it's very easy to like buy them and kill them and get new (laughs) ones, which I feel kind of guilty about, only a little, but it makes it so much nicer. It just like makes the air nicer, especially throughout the winter, like the long, gray, terrible winters that we have here in uh, the Netherlands. Having some green and life around you is is almost a substitute for people,
1: Mm. kind of. (laughs) yeah definitely air purifiers as well if you haven't got an enormous plant collection, I guess too
3: i would I would open the round slider sometimes you yeah. <laughs> know try to let some fresh air in you know <laughs>
0: yeah I mean that's where it also comes down to like working in your in your home it means that you're living in your workspace as mm-hmm. well. so how do you guys find that? Balance and how do you figure out the right way to take care of yourself in that aspect? I think I, I was
3: I'd be the same as Paulina in terms of I had a separate room for my office and I would pretty much never be in there if I wasn't working. Like if I wanted to play something on my computer, that'd be like the only other time. But I would generally just get out of that room, not go in there unless I was working, which mm. is uh, it's probably the best way to do it. It is kind of hard to um, unless you set those rules to yourself, like trying to start at a certain time, stop at a certain time, and just like stop being in the
0: space that you were for working. It's probably the best thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Is there, is there anything that like you, whether you've got a lot of experience in the office or not, that you just know that you're missing by having that distance between you and and your colleagues? Like, what would you think would be the the thing that you, that's the, the biggest challenge of, of not being together and how do you overcome that? I guess. Is that for me or just anyone? Oh, just
2: anyone. Like, <laughs> yeah. You could just go, Jessica for it. All right. Um, yeah, I think that the hardest part of, um, you know, not being in the same space as the colleagues is uh, actually the time difference. Right. And mm-hmm. we've had people on our team who have moved throughout um, the project. but. You know, there's about two hours of overlap between the team in Australia and the team in my time zone here. And the only way that we get overlap with people in North America and Europe and South Africa is uh, if the North Americans get up super early. And of course, that's tough when you have kids and things like this. Um, Got to take them to school now. So we're running into like the back to school time switches. And then soon it'll be like the times are changing for daylight savings or... Yeah. Um, And so trying to coordinate really complicated projects where the leadership is distributed from the people who are doing the work is it requires a really super extra rigorous production, right? You have to organize uh, everyone's preferred modes of communication and make sure everybody knows who precisely needs to know what, otherwise you would get like just inundated, overwhelmed with messages and you know distinguishing between official comms and casual comms like if you write something in slack uh mm. it doesn't exist unless it gets put on a jira ticket you just have to assume that anything that happens in slack is just going to away into the ether and if you want it to be actioned, you got to stick it on a ticket little things like this just to help keep the coordination running mm. yeah um, for me,
1: it's like... Sorry,
0: you going to say something? No, I was going to ask you, so go ahead. <laughs> Invite me. <laughs>
1: for me, um, it's just like... I, It's that connection layer. Like, when we're all in the office, I can look at someone and instantly know how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's hard to be supportive for my team when I'm not there. Um, so you either need to, like, have a lot of one-on-ones or you need to get really good. And I guess I get to do this <laughs> is when we have meetings. Sometimes you focus on the thing that you're presenting. Sometimes I just like actually turn the presentation off and I watch how people are because like that's the only way you can calibrate of like, you know, oh, my program is looking overwhelmed. I need to talk to them about, is there a work workflow issue to optimize or a communication problem like, um, it's like, yeah, how do you maintain someone's well-being when you? it's very difficult in a bigger mm. team? Not that I have a bigger team, but like, you know, more than two people <laughs> in a team yeah. to to check in. Yeah.
0: yeah, that was one of the questions that I was, was going to get to. So I'm glad that you, you both kind of touched on that. So Jess, as a producer, part of your role, I think you described it previously as like wrangling cats or you know, I, I said herding sheep, but the cat's works too. You've got to get a lot of people lined up and it might be the same with you, Pauline. You've, you've got to organize a lot of people's work output and manage, you know, your own work, but be figuring out if people are on track and if people are behind, how to get people caught up. So you're having to just know a lot about what everyone's doing, but when you can't just visually see it or have casual conversations with people, might not want to naturally bring up that they're behind or you might not be able to tell so how do you keep up with everyone and and overcome that side of it
2: yeah i think um one of the key parts of being a producer is you have to establish yourself as um someone who people feel comfortable bringing bad news to so uh you know if you give someone the wrong facial expression or the wrong tone of voice once when they say that they're gonna be late on a deadline, that can mess up your relationship with them for like months. It can take months to recover that. Um, They'll be hesitant to give estimates and they won't be able to give accurate estimates because they're nervous about it and they'll overwork and do other things. They're just like not healthy, right? So just being someone who's like, you have everything. Everything that you need is something that I am willing to give you. Let's just find a way to make it work, right? Like no matter how long it takes. The estimates are just to help us so that we can plan things, you know? So I think a very um, positive, supportive attitude towards organization and deliverables rather than a harder, like we have deadlines and we have to meet them. Mm -hmm. That's how you talk when you're talking to your publisher, right? But when you're talking (laughs) to the people who are doing the work, uh, it's a very different, uh, much more grounded human approach.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Is it similar with you, Paulina? Like you've got experience working with these people in person, so you might know some of their personalities really well. Is there anything you can do to, to uh, like just know how people are or do you have to like make this, re- like what you said before, like a really deliberate effort to check in with people?
1: Um, I have kind of three tips for this. Um, I'm actually not the producer, so yeah. um, I'm, I'm more like... Um, about like, I guess I'm not, so I'm not managing the day to day, but I, I do care a lot about if people mm-hmm. are like not feeling well. Um, so three things that we do is every day when we do stand up, um, we have a section at the end. The third question that we ask is, do you have any concerns? And so people will say, oh, I'm not feeling well, or I'm behind on this or whatever. And creating that culture where it's safe to be honest and talk about your actual concerns, whether it's mental health or work related, it's my number one tip um and that takes months to do <laughs> <laughs> um uh the like i guess that I agree with the other thing jessica said of like being flexible like if people aren't um feeling well or whatever and they tell you i'm just happy you told me like i i want you to go and do whatever you need to do to get better do that and then let me know mm-hmm. when you're feeling better that's it and the third thing that we do that actually has been a, a real source of joy for me is we've been doing a lot of social games. So we'll play Smash or actually every week we'll play, a different staff will choose a game that they want to play with the rest of the team. And so we have this coordinated hangout time, like like 4.30 and we just play a game together and we be human together. And that helps a lot.
0: That's cool. Yeah,
3: yeah we, we, we probably have quite a few smaller things that actually working at PicPoc. Cause I mean, we have been in the office and then we stopped being in the office and, seeing the difference between that is quite interesting and the the ways people have to change how they interact because you're having to do it either over calls or text only because i just went back into the first time after lockdown into the office today and it's just so much easier being able to just grab someone for a second or something to, to do a small thing but then when you have to
0: hmm.
3: i i realize like working remotely that not many people want to put up to oh we'll do like a one-on-one call just to figure out this problem where normally it would take like 20 seconds if you were in person it's just like so much easier to do that i guess but we do a, a couple of similar things like twice a day whilst we're in lockdown we were doing a crossword thing together as a team like you could you could do something together so you're like still socializing in some ways otherwise you're just still quite isolated so having some of that so you can still be together
0: in some ways is is quite good yeah the fact that you can do that like in work hours is a really cool thing just yeah, like, like built
3: into it yeah yeah
0: because i know like in in my job which isn't in the games industry Sometimes it's like, oh, who wants to do like Friday night drinks or something? And I'm thinking like, it's I like you, work. I like you guys, but when work's over, I don't want to have any chance of continuing to talk about work. I just want to like play games and stuff. So that's perfect for you guys. That's really cool. Um, um,
1: another thing that's just quickly is um, we also had like a because we uh, our studio is in Discord. Um, we have a channel called ambient office where so if people like want to just hang out while they do whatever it is they're doing they can just jump in that channel and someone else might jump in too and so they can just have that like simulated almost like feeling of like being in an office in the same next uh, to each cool. other without without being there yeah
0: that's great
3: Wait, Jess, you you do... yeah sorry, sorry you <laughs> we're, we actually did that for a lot of uh development of reveries we all kind of just were on discord the whole day essentially you could be on mute or whatever but you're always there to just like if someone wanted to pipe up and say a small thing they could um but we didn't do that as much for trigger which, and i i don't know if it's better or worse but it's definitely nice if someone has the option possibly like to have a channel like
0: that is kind of cool mm. yeah jess i remember like when we were talking the other day you mentioned having like different channels in your i can't remember if it was slack or discord but for different topics so that you could have interactions through the day whether it was talking about movies or games or the footy or whatever and then I guess you've got all your professional ones there so I guess it's, there's something like that foster that um, sense of of talking about things that aren't just work
2: yeah definitely it can be hard because they're all in the same space so like I'm looking at the fun stuff at the same time as I'm looking at messages are important decisions mm-hmm. and also like we have channels that we share with our publisher as well um, so i actually like taking it out of slack and opening up a google, google room uh, yeah. we use google uh, workspaces for our email and calendars and drive and all of that stuff so um, yeah having video calls over there and just like this different space feels different <laughs> for some reason but it's like hard to, it's almost like stepping into a different room right you're like mm. just you're just walking to the water cooler you know you're just going to go hang out there for a minute um yeah that helps a lot
0: that's cool
3: yeah i feel i feel like i get that because i mean you get the if you like the notification of your sound of your thing which is your work thing you're like oh that's that notification but um we actually <laughs> end up using a paper we use the google chat stuff is our main thing and we do have the separate channels as well um but yeah i think it is kind of hard sometimes when you seal your notifications you're like figuring out which ones are important and which ones aren't if it's all in the <laughs> same place which is interesting yeah
0: oh, that's a good time to ask i think like maybe you can recommend some tools that you've found that are really useful for whether it's workflow for social things like what are the apps or um programs or any kinds of, of recommendations you'd have for people about how they can make this experience more efficient or just more fun
3: i can go if you want yeah go <laughs> um because at, at Rambite my my favorite one that we use was it was very minimal because only three of us but we use Basecamp, which mm-hmm. i don't think that many people use i don't know if it's too popular or not um but uh, i just like the list thing of that it was quite easy and because there only three of us we essentially just had our own lists we didn't do much of the like assigning of stuff and now working at pickpock we have a team of i think my team's like 10 or so people having jira which is like a lot more in depth but also a lot more like you can do a lot more within a lot more organization and i'm not on the organization side but having people that do that stuff and help like get your sprints all sorted and you have like your bugs and like priorities and stuff is very useful and i I would say most people would probably recommend jira is pretty good but
0: how do you spell that one
3: uh j a
0: j i r a Paulina, is there anything that you've found has just made a, a huge difference to workflow? It doesn't have to be like in the last year or so. It could just be in general, I guess, for, for your remote work.
1: I think like like Jess and Jared, we also use Jira. <laughs> um, also use Confluence for our documentation, which actually happens to also like be the same brand as Jira, but a different sub-product. Um, I don't know, there's other things too. Like um, we use like easy... I can't remember if it's easy retro I think that might be the name of it as like an online agile retro tool so that you can have like images and and a more visualized uh retro if you do your processes that way um yeah
0: cool Jess I I have this this vision or this this picture in my head that producers are like the queens or kings of of lists so you must have just like schedules and lists like that could be getting out of hand if if you aren't organized. So how do you keep those things uh, concise?
2: Yeah, I think um, having everything in its place helps a lot. So how you organize your files, your naming conventions, where you store things is super important. Um, One thing that I've uh, found that really helps is I use a program called Workona for my tab organization on Chrome. And you can basically create like a working browser for each of your areas of life, like for your job, for your volunteer, for your taxes, all on their own separate thing, right? And so at the end of the day, I can just like click the close button and everything work related disappears. And I can just pull up all my personal life things. That way I can sort of like use the same computer uh, for, like organizing all these different parts of life that require maintenance. Um, So that helps a lot. And uh, the second one that I would really recommend is, um, again, with the Google Rooms because I really like them. One nice thing about them is that you can set up an external room. So this, and you can create documents and task lists in the external room. And that means that you can have people who are not from your company, who don't have a company email. You can come in and have access to whatever documents create in that room. So you don't have to like go off and set, set up like separate permissions and you can assign tasks to them with like their name and the due date in that room. And so it becomes like a little source of truth for that working relationship. Um, so for things that are sort of like extraneous to internal comms, which are handled through the usual programs, you know, mm-hmm. um, that is so helpful, like meeting with the publisher. Yeah. Cool.
0: All right. Hopefully people can, if I didn't know about those, those tools um, figure out how to use them or access them. Cause they, they all sound really, really helpful. Um, we haven't really talked about like the nuts and bolts of actually game development in, in the creative sense. So I'm interested um, probably more Paulina and, and Jared for this kind of question, but what impact does the, the isolated work have on your creativity and your ability to sit down and actually, yeah, like make, the game in that sense I don't want to always go
3: you, first you can go first if you go first
1: <laughs> um ladies all right. first sure um yeah it's really hard um I guess it depends you know a lot on like whether you're extrovert or introvert as well um <laughs> but for me like I, I really love having my weekly play test where I like play with with the team and obviously that can't happen in real life Um, so I guess creating like a list of the things that give you the most joy creatively and making sure that you do them (laughs) regularly is really important so for me like um, it's chatting with the art team and the VFX team and talking about the direction of what cool effects we're making what magic we're making Um, or it might be like like blocking out a couple of hours to do some writing on the narrative design or something like that like Mm -hmm. um just I guess you have to make time for these things or you will get creatively drained and you know oddly like sometimes I find because it's work from home and because it's a pandemic uh it's sometimes not work stuff that I do to creatively recharge yeah
0: Jared how about yourself I guess for you there's a lot of like being a programmer, it's like a lot of problem solving in your creativity as well.
3: Yeah. Well, because I mean the the question was kind of like it was um well how how do you creatively do your stuff is what you're saying. Like how Uh, how do you do your
0: when when you're on your own and isolated, how how does what impact does that have on on your ability to to be creative and you know, not get stuck in some kind of, of uh Rut, I guess.
3: I, I do think the the main thing I would do with Rainbow stuff is because we would just make mainly use Discord is to to try and to try and make to 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 like keep it so that you had uh feedback. I guess I'd always try and send things I'm doing work in progress to people so they could respond to it and you'd be able to like get that feedback. because if you try and make something in isolation and you complete it too far and then someone's like, Oh, you should have done this thing, you're like, Yeah, well, it's kind of too late now, or something, you know. And that is the difference <laughs> of being in an office is you do have people around that can a lot quickly do that but you have to like practically yourself send that stuff out to people to be like come look at this thing because people can't just look at your computer screen as you're like sitting there Mm -hmm. um and that's what that's what i would do quite quite often in the middle of stuff or i'd even
0: send it to you sometimes then you'd tell me to change something (laughs) sure and i I guess for you Jess, like uh as the producer and someone that's part of your job is to organize the people who are doing the things that these guys have just talked about how how do you help someone who's maybe in a creative rut or not able to solve a problem in in their workload
2: yeah I think um, I work really closely with the art team and uh, one thing that works for us in that uh, field is just having daily reviews where we Pop up what we worked on and then they can like look at it and they can like draw on the board and like on the program and make comments of what they would do differently. And, you know, because they're all professional artists this is like a wonderful experience not like the terrifying experience that it would be if I was putting something I made up on a board <laughs> um, but that they are all like inspired by each other in this way. Um, and I think another thing that really helps is uh, just having like a guideline of how much you're willing to work on a thing before you check in with the other people who whose work is implicated in it. Mm -hmm. And so in the art team, that's 80%, you know, work on something till it's 80% finished, then get a review and then figure out whether you want to like finish up that last 20% or like step back a little bit. Um, So depending on the field that you're in, that'll be a different number, but just having like sort of a, a guideline, right? um about when is a good time to check in then you feel a lot better just putting aside a task for now even if it's important because it'll save time down in the long run no one wants to spend time doing work that gets cut right Mm -hmm. Um, that's no fun so yeah
0: yeah no that that 80 20 idea is really interesting i think i can definitely see how that um that could save a lot of time if if people do get someone to check over their work before it's finished (laughs)
1: I just had one last note on that, actually. Um, Something that we've been doing is um, sprint presentations. So every sprint, uh, we'll have like a little review hour where everyone makes a little presentation of the stuff they made. And we've just been finding that people really find that a source of joy of like, you know, the programmers will be like, oh, I, I made this sound effect work and interact with this baby wombat or whatever is going on. And I guess getting to like, you know, share that energy and like clap when you think it's cool and stuff like that is really um, fun to vibe with the team and help with motivation for creativity.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Um, So, you know, part of this panel, even in the title, it's like how to do this without losing your mind. So that's probably what we'll focus on here for a second is the mental health side. And you've touched on that already about, you know, some of the things you can do but i'm wondering how do you care for, for mental health when it comes to not only yourself but you might depending on your role have a responsibility to be caring for several other people in your team as well to some degree so yeah tell, tell me how you go through that maybe what your key tips are if, if you've got any um we might start with jared sure <laughs> um yeah and in, in terms of things i would do i mean one
3: one big thing we did for trigger which was we did four day work weeks (laughs) so having a three-day weekend was nice um but yeah i think one of the big things that i said before is like having those strict hours for working which included the four the four day work weeks. i just did not work on the weekend at all i didn't touch anything i didn't respond to any emails but even getting up in the morning and like when it's five o'clock i would stop There is some situations where you get an email from a publisher because they're in a different country and you got to do something maybe, but just trying to like not do your main set of work when you can. And if the email can wait, make it wait for the next day kind of thing and just try and separate your work life is
0: probably the biggest thing. Naps Mm. are great too. Do the naps. And what about like your work you've got a situation that probably a lot of indies starting out might be in where they're working with a couple of their friends, like it's a very small team. So was there ever any times that you had to notice, like, oh, those guys are doing it tough or it might have been the opposite where like i I know especially towards launch like you were the one doing all the patches so it seems like you were doing all this work and everyone was maybe having to check in on you
3: yeah we we definitely we've had we've had times where it's like making sure like it has someone got something happening in their life that's causing them to not work as well or like 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 what is going wrong or yeah is someone having to work more and like why are they having to work more like can we stop that can we, can we can we spread the work out with only three of us sometimes mm-hmm. like when i did the patches i was the only one who had dev kits i was the only one that could do it and the release date was set and i was kind of like i'm gonna have to work more than i normally do but i did work four day work weeks like the last year or so so i, I was like it's only a couple making up start. for it <laughs> crunch is never good but you know it's <laughs> self-imposed i guess And that's not know it's not better
0: <laughs> sure. uh, paulina how about you like as a creative director i feel like you'd have um you know a lot of people that probably look to you as as a, an example of of um how to to operate and setting a pace and and like that kind of thing as far as like a work ethic so does how does mental health factor into that and making sure that everyone's you know taking care of themselves
1: that's a big question um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, <got> time <laughs> definitely what jared said like you actually really need to be really like rigid about those hard work-life balances. Like no talking about work outside of the office room, um, like no, no um, email notifications on your phone. Like you just don't wanna be like contaminate your spaces. And I think that's the frame that you really need to use of I wanna protect my home as my home. And then my other room is my like workplace. Otherwise like you just become a work bot and you'll only think about work all day long mm. um so i think that's really important um definitely something that we do is we talk a lot about mental health at work so we used to have this thing where actually before stand up if anyone wanted to chat about mental health or how they are or whatever you just jump in the ch- the, the channel before stand up and then we'd have a, a, a chat which is really fun um but also just like seeing a psych, being really open about that and where you're, where you are every day. Mm. Um, particularly in stand-up, if I'm, if I'm like, I got six hours sleep today, I'm gonna have it, I'm gonna have to, t- to duck out and nap. Then, I guess as a leader, you have to really be willing to be vulnerable, or you'll create this fake, um, <laughs> fake uh, presentation that you know it's all work and there's no human. Yeah, which isn't sustainable. So for me, yeah, definitely um, being really open and honest about how I am. Um, even if it's like not something I would normally do, I will do it in this instance because it will encourage open discussion. Mm. Yeah.
0: And being in Melbourne, like I, I guess I'm in Geelong, so we're, we're following quite closely how things are going for you guys, but it's been a really rough 18 months like I can imagine even people with no you know history of anxiety or depression or any kind of mental health issues have like everyone's no, like no one's been doing like perfectly fine when we're, we're not at our best Um. so how have you actively um, been able to like it might not be your responsibility as a creative director to make sure that everyone's okay but are there any things that you've done to, to step in when people haven't been well and uh, to actively support them?
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, I guess I have like a, a mental checklist of mm-hmm. how I think things are going. And if I'm watching someone's mental health go down, um, there'll be a point uh, where I'll intervene and I'll be like, have a one-on-one and I'll be like, hey, I don't, are you okay? What's going on? Can you? And I'll, I'll check with our producer and I'll be like, is, how, how are we going? Is it okay if this person like, takes a few days off and I'll try and organize for them to take some time off? Because mm. I think that that is the first thing, right? We gotta acknowledge that, there's some, that that this is suboptimal, that this is not how we wanted to do this. Um, and actually your health is really more important than the project. So please just take a few days off. Um, that's, like, that's, that's the kind of things I've done. Um, But other things too, like, I guess, be like, let staff know that there are a bunch of resources for um, game devs in Australia to, like, have their own creative uh, lifeline or counseling channel to talk about these Mm -hmm. issues, Um, to, like, have little processes, like, every day when we do stand up, we end it by doing stretches and to talk about, like, how our bodies are feeling and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, and you're right. It's it sucks. It's like really tough. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> no, it does.
0: It does. And you know, I, I think that. Um, I, I guess the it's hard to call it a positive, but I, I think that we've all got a shared experience at the moment in this aspect. Like we we're all going through the same experience to different, like handling it to different degrees and different levels based on like the anxieties that you may have had prior to a situation like we're in now but I think it's easy I think it's made it a lot easier for people to understand what it could be like to to live with those struggles because it's it's I think this, the pandemic has introduced the concept of anxiety to a lot of people who <laughs> didn't have that experience before. Um, Jess for you is, is there sim- similar things like as far as like managing people and I guess for your, for your own self as well like you've worked remotely for a long time in multiple roles uh, prior to, to drop there. So, um, yeah, w- what's, what's some of your tips that you've got to, for yourself, but also for, for helping others in your team?
2: Yeah, I think um, one thing that I sort of learned the hard way personally is that when you are feeling uh, overwhelmed and when you're like not doing okay for whatever reason, whether it pertains to work or personal life or whatever your first and only priority has to be taking care of your well-being. Like, uh, it's so easy when you're overwhelmed to think of all the things that you have to do, right? And to get stuck into the cycle of, well, if I do these things, then I'll feel better.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: solving your feelings by completing tasks is a trick. It seems like a good idea, right? It seems like a good idea at the time, but it can lead to this sort of vicious cycle of perfectionism and overwork where you're like constantly trying to solve your feelings by doing more work. Um, I know that's not everybody's issue, but personally I found that that has really made a difference in my life, just taking a break to like walk in the garden and pet a cat and like check in with my feelings before deciding how I'm going to solve them (laughs) by like completing tests, um, separating those two parts of the process of having an emotional experience um has made a really big difference and this is something that i tell people on my team as well like um, a lot of companies will say put yourself first but then don't end up having policies that support that so having things like paid time off having a uh you know a policy where like your personal well-being comes first if you you know message me and say you're not coming in today because you have to take care of some things no problem, like actually reacting to that in a way, like as someone who's accountable for their uh, schedules, in a way that is positive, right, As part of my responsibility to make them feel like that they actually are enabled to do that, instead of having the stress response of like, oh shit, how are we going to get everything done? Um, yeah, so centering that is a uh, part of, I think, like this mental health literacy, and in a professional context, really, that's um, I think my responsibility is like letting people know, like, Hey, it seems like you're acting like X. Have you heard of Y? Maybe you could read some of it about it. Here are some articles. Let me know if you need help accessing further resources, as opposed to trying to be their therapist, mm. um, which can be, uh, inappropriate and unhelpful in a lot of ways. Um, it's part of the separating the work and the home spheres, as well as just like, uh, you need people to learn how to be self reliant and self-reliance sometimes just means getting the right professional to help you, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: That's interesting. And it's made me think of this this concept of like the way that we communicate with our teams. There's so many different ways. It could be a phone call, could be an email, could be an instant message. Like, are, are there certain conversations that call for a certain model of communication and how do you decide which is the right format to approach a serious issue because i know that whether it's you have to discipline someone for work that's not getting done or for work that's not up to a certain standard or it could just be checking in with someone and, and wanting to make sure that uh you know that what you're about to to talk to them about as far as their work isn't going to send them into some kind of spiral
2: Yeah, I think that uh, everyone has their own preferred communication style and part of being a producer is knowing what that is for your team or in any kind of team leadership position. Um, And so just knowing what works best for people, some people work best with an audio call, some people work best with a video call, some people you get their best answers when you just shoot them as a quick slack message, right? And that's when they'll just give you what, what that you need and not get distracted by other things. Um, so yeah, it's extremely personal. Um, there are things, and I guess like the other part of that is that I personally have things that I need to have face-to-face contact with when talking about um, in order to feel good myself, right? And so knowing what those are for me and prioritizing that as well, like indicating that to my team, like, hey, we can keep this meeting really short, but I would like, seven minutes just seven minutes of FaceTime. time if you can just like put that in for me at some point today right yeah. um yeah that helps a lot cool.
0: so it may have been something you've brought up already but can you think of ways or good ways that your teams have made people feel welcome and integrated into the team culture when you can't spend time together because i know jared you've joined pickpock in the last kind of six months and jess you've joined drop bear also in, in recent months. And so so joining a new team when you can't necessarily spend as much time together as you'd like to, or whether it's because of remote, like distance reasons or because of pandemic reasons, what's something that's made you feel welcome or what, what's something for you, Paulina, that you'd like to do to make people feel part of that team when you can't break bread and have a meal together? Who going got start? You go, go Paulina. Share.
1: Oh, okay. Um- So for me, um, I do like those one-on-one conversations and I agree with Jess, like they don't have to go on forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Definitely like priming people to that first. Um, But I'm getting (laughs) sidetracked. The question was about welcoming. So um, onboarding, uh, like face-to-face conversations, um, just like, I guess, getting to know the people. We have like a games channel and a chit-chat channel where we're encouraged to like socialize um, if people want to. Um, but also just that thing I said earlier about playing games together, like we're all here in the games industry for a reason, it's cause we love games. So, um, playing a game, even, even playing our own game, but in an unstructured fun way, that's not about critique, but just, is just about the social experience. Um, I think is a really good way of creating that space mm. for them to feel welcome and that their personality has space to, to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah cool jared what was it uh that made you feel welcome at pickpock
3: yeah well i guess i'm cheating a little bit because i (laughs) did start in the office i didn't actually have to be remote but um we we did do it they did do a bunch of things and like it it was for me it was interesting i joined a team where they had just released like a pc version of their game and i was joining like post people were like kind of leaving and like it was a kind of i guess it's a weird point to join a team but we did do a bunch of stuff and they do stuff throughout like still i mean assuming we didn't have lockdowns but we do like monthly lunches as a team and we went and did like an escape room and stuff and this is cheating obviously because these are physical things that we were actually able to do um but well, what have you been but, doing
0: since the lockdown like because i'm sure yeah. there's been new people come in as well in that time
3: yeah well i mean in terms of the, the things that we do i mentioned before we do like the crossword stuff now at the mm-hmm. moment in lockdown that's just a social thing you can do that doesn't that you wouldn't do physically um, and we have the same thing with channels where you do have like, we have like a fun a fun channel where people post memes and whatever kind of silly stuff. And then you have your more work channels. And I I feel like for me, cause I was the new person, I, I kind of did find those intimidating somewhat starting off, like, mm-hmm. cause everyone's already, for me, they were already like a team of people and I was kind of joining in, which I guess is most of the teams. Um, but you're, yeah, you're, you're joining in and you're, you're trying to feel welcome i guess but I, I did feel welcome but i think it did help having being able to be in a physical space sure. um and then be, being in lockdown i do think um uh, it's not something that we have really did at rainbow because we're already friends but being able to do video calls does put like names to faces and you get like see mm-hmm. people their personality a bit more i guess i think it's helpful
0: yeah
3: and jess for you yeah i think uh one
2: of the first things that i did was i set up just 25 minutes calls with everybody on the team, even though I wouldn't really be working with directly. Mm. Um, And so that took like about three weeks to get through everyone across all the time zones. But just having that initial, like, let's hang out and like, not really talk about work, talk about what games we play, you know, where we live, what our city is like, um, that's always an easy thing to go to to chat about. it just really helps set off the relationship in the right direction because normally when you meet your co-workers you're being introduced by like your main points of contact who maybe interviewed you and was involved in the hiring process and they walk around with you to people's desks and introduce you to everyone and in lieu of that uh, activity um having that FaceTime was really important for just getting to know who people were and putting them in a place where they felt like they could reach out to me. Like they did know that I was available and happy to like listen to whatever they have to say. Um, and yeah, I can't imagine what I would have done without that time because it revealed some really important information about like times people are available and how they like to be contacted and how they don't like to be contacted yeah. um, <laughs> and, and what kinds of things they're like willing to just shoot the shit about, right? Yeah.
0: Very cool. Okay. We're getting towards the end. So I'm I'm really interested for people watching or listening to this who are entering game development now or soon or they want to, what should they expect with the you know the times that we're in now and what should they be prepared for as far as you know whether it's going into an environment that is remote or one that could be at any you know day at the drop of a hat, the way things have been, especially. Australia things can change so quickly Um, so yeah with a lot of studios hiring remote positions that will eventually be in an office what what should they expect for for the time being
3: who wants to go first
1: (laughs) I guess I could go because
3: you're you're saying like like what should they expect in terms of like how they would work or like like joining into that kind of team i guess yeah i guess
0: it's just an overall like tip maybe or, or advice for yeah. people that are jumping into that situation for the first time whether it's coming from other industries or from studying at university and they're about to to be part of that team environment for the first time yeah i mean i i do think one thing
3: at least from even from lockdown working at home or working at rainbow stuff remotely is like you have to be pretty good at self-organization and and uh self-control over i guess you don't feel as much pressure because you're not around people to stop like just scrolling facebook or whatever you have to be (laughs) someone that is like able to do stuff and like and i think yeah same thing i said before about like limiting when you work and that kind of stuff it's like it'll be good to have those skills and be aware of that but i think if you're someone that has gone to university or something a lot of the times you will have had to work on something where you are like you're dictating your own time and trying to make sure you do all that so that is probably one thing I would say. And it does help to obviously have a team that you communicate with that will, that will be able to support you in that way. But I, I feel like, especially with by stuff, a lot of my stuff I did was quite by myself and being able to being, be good at controlling how you work by yourself. I guess I'm just used to it. It's like all I've ever done. So I'm just used to it, but I don't know.
0: Paulina.
1: Okay. I 100% agree with what Jared said, but um, I'm going to give a different tip. And right. that is to really look after yourself properly. Like and what I mean is exercise regularly, go for walks, take breaks, um, you know, don't overstrain your eyes, set up your desk properly. All of these things are things that will give you a sustainable uh, place and way to work. And I guess also reinforce your own like personal boundaries of looking after yourself. Um, because basically, yeah, if you, if you're not if you're not at you're like your're happiest. If you're not like feeling empowered to do those things, then that will affect you. So look after yourself first. I agree with what Jess said in summary. <laughs> yeah.
0: Very good. And Jess,
2: yeah, I guess um, in that line of thinking, I think my top advice would be to uh, just say when you don't know something. Uh, just like be willing to be vulnerable and get used to being vulnerable in that way. And if it turns out that your workplace responds like aggressively to that kind of thing, probably a toxic workplace, should probably consider moving on, right? Um, But especially when you're not in person, you can't just pop a quick question to your desk neighbor. You can't look over and see if they're like really engrossed in something or not and know whether you're gonna be interrupting them. I think that, like, just as a general rule, you know, give yourself a certain amount of minutes, which might depend on the field that you're in, like in programming, it might be 20 minutes, and you know, uh, a simple thing like working with a spreadsheet, it might be five. Um, take some time to try and figure it out for yourself, but limit that time, like don't spend an entire afternoon trying to figure out something that a quick five minute conversation could solve, and then and then ask, and when you do ask, say, you know, here's what I've tried, here's what I've looked into, but I'm not sure the right way to go. And just having this approach to asking questions that's a little bit more structured, maybe different than you would take in school um, or in other workplaces where you're working, you know, in person can just really make the process of asking for help more pleasant for you and for other people, which is ultimately a good thing because it means that, you know, needs get met and they get met early, yeah
3: it is actually a good thing. That it's an interesting thing that I've had now working at pickpock because we know they have like 200 employees, and just the compared for my three to 200, big difference. (laughs) And I was the only programmer at Rainbow, and now having people that have knowledge above you and knowing when to ask people for help because, like, especially if you're joining a project, like someone may have knowledge that is just super specific and useful for what you're trying to figure out, and so knowing how long you should wait before you like if I ask this person I'm sure they'll just be able to tell me in like one minute what the solution is I shouldn't just be wasting my time but also at least trying a bit and not just asking every single time you want to do anything you gotta yeah do what you can
1: Very good I agree with I agree with both of that me too
0: (laughs) cool well we're gonna wrap it up now and the thing we haven't talked about is that all three of you are working on or have recently released, in Jarrah's case, some amazing games, in, in my opinion, um, they, that look at least uh, really awesome or look really awesome. Um, so I'll give you a minute or as long as you want to take to pimp what you're working on um, and promote your social media channels if you wish to do so. So we might go in reverse order and start with Jess this time.
2: Sure. Um, so we recently launched a trailer for a publisher announcing that relationship. Uh, on the game Broken Roads game, and if you are into like post-apocalypse narrative-driven, uh, full spectrum of humanity kind of, rather than just like dark and gritty, just like a more true to life, almost like a, a, you know, autobiographical where you get to write your own story approach to uh, a role-playing game, um, you should check it out.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and Paulina, where can people find the work that you're doing with, with Dragon Bear Studios and and Enchanted and yourself, if if they want to follow you on, on Twitter or anything else?
1: Sure. Um, so, yeah, we're working on Enchanted, which is like a um, online cooperative m- multiplayer game. Um, <laughs> so Enchanted.com, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Um, Yeah, jump and subscribe to our mailing list if you want to hear more or see our videos. Um, If you like, I guess, uh, you know, co-op games and having a really fun time and even RPG Magic, uh, come check out our game.
0: Very cool. And Jared? yeah well i mean if
3: you want to play i mean most people just describe it as like a twin stick zelda if you (laughs) that's what trigger witch is that's what we just released um there's still some physicals you can buy play asia you can go there and buy those or you can just buy it digitally it's on switch ps4 xbox at the moment um and then so that's at Rainbite if you can follow us on whatever and then i work at Pickpocket at the moment which hopefully next year
0: you'll see some things i've been working on but yeah it's mainly it very good. Well, thanks everybody for joining me. Appreciate your time and thanks to everyone who's been tuning in or, or listening later on on audio feeds. We hope that you've learned a lot and if you're, you know, a game dev or you've got in, interest in working in this industry, I really think that we've covered some cool tools that will equip you to get the most out of remote working arrangements. Uh, you can catch me at Jono himself on social media and until we cross paths again, take care and keep putting in work.